Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Thriving Thursday on the Empowered in My Skin podcast. Are you ready to be inspired by chillable size episodes? Well, I think you are. So let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans, and welcome to another episode of Thriving Thursdays on the Empowered in My Skin podcast. Today, I am joined by my fabulous friend and co-host, Gabby 1B Mamone. <laughs> Thank you, Nkachi. I love these uh, Thriving Thursdays. They're short, they're sweet, concise. We always have a lot of fun. Yes, we do. Today, I wanted to talk about something deep, I, something that uh, is probably more common than most people think. I like to talk about infertility. Mm. And I know that we both have a connection to that. And I thought we could be a little vulnerable and share some stories and thoughts because I'm optimistic that uh, some of the people listening to this have experienced it and uh, it can be traced to a man or a woman or a combination mm. of both. So, you know, let's, let's talk about it because it does affect many people. Yeah. I think, um, I think, uh, <sighs> It's a tough one. It's a tough one already. It's thriving through infertility. So it is, um, I mean, obviously my story is interesting because I don't know, I don't actually think I know fully how I feel um, about it. Um, I don't have kids and that is not for a lack of trying. Um, The journey was very was not pleasant <laughs> at all um and the lesson i don't know if i've fully heard it yet or understood it yet like i i i'd like to say that uh, you know i've oftentimes have said i wouldn't be doing what i did if i had so many kids but then i see a lot of people with many kids um, women, men who are doing impeccable and amazing things in this world as well, right? So I don't think it's that. So, uh, so anyway, I think maybe I already do know and I just haven't heard it or haven't impacted enough. But what I can share is that last year I had the opportunity um, as part of a speaking competition mm. to share my story publicly for the first time ever. And what it did do for me, and as my, my great friend, um, Julie Black says, is shame to shame, mm. you know? And so once it came out, I don't, I don't feel shame for it, you know? There are still people around me that are having kids, you know, some close family members recently. And I realized the, the abundance of love and desire I have um, to, to see, you know, to see their, 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 their babies. And, and I can't lie. Sometimes I'm looking at, and even in one situations, close family friend, my husband has held the baby and I have this picture of him holding it. And of course, one of the first thoughts was, oh man, that would have been so cool to have seen him holding ours, you know? And in that moment, I, you know, with him holding it, you, I also recognize that he has his own probably feelings about the situation and and fear holds me back from saying how does this how are you feeling right now mm-hmm. you know because you I don't know if I'm ready to hear what he might say in that moment you know mm-hmm. but um I even just hope through 
us having this conversation here, it will enhance my courage, you know, to have, to ask some of those questions to him more so, right? Because what, if there's anything I've learned from, you know, using my journey with infertility um, as my speaker slam speech last year, is it, and it started to, it actually opened up the, it removed the elephant in the room with my husband and I. And he was probably the first person once I had um, finished the speech that I practiced it in front of. Mm. And so that would have been the first time that we had really, or I'd even ever shared how I felt about the, the journey of infertility with him. And imagine that he's my husband, you know? And um, yeah, so my journey is, was not, um, it's not one that I would say was, oh, it's just so magnificent. <laughs> it was, um, it was full of, you know, started off with, you know, the basal temperature taking, the charting, the planning. Um, so it started off stressful, can't lie, because it wasn't happening naturally. And then it went to getting tests and then finding out from the tests that I was, had a problem and then, and then feeling like I was a problem. <laughs> And then obviously not sharing it with others because everyone around you um, seems to just look at, you know, sperm and, well, you can't really look at sperm, mm-hmm. can you? But like, you know, I don't, I want to say the other word, but the kind of, <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And get <laughs> pregnant, right? Very easily with ease and grace. And, um, and it just wasn't happening. And then you get into the um, assisted treatments right so there's so many different forms of that and all the while you're trying to work at getting yourself pregnant yeah but you're also not talking about it and so it's a very lonely experience right and um the only people that you ever really connect with are the other women that or men sometimes that you would encounter in the treatment centers or facilities right and even at that, there wasn't like a huge share. It wasn't like a circle of share. And I think who I am in my human now mm-hmm. would definitely go through this experience a lot differently because mm-hmm. I, I have found my voice and I certainly would not go through it in a quiet way. I would seek to what? To connect with other people that I going through it because I think I took it personally <laughs> yeah. and I felt like I was the only one going through it because it can actually feel that way. Yeah. And then there's the cultural dynamics at play, right? Both of my husband and I come from cultures where, yeah, just it doesn't seem to be something that people talk about. Um, I don't even know that people know much about it. I don't know. Like, like I said, like, because you probably others in the culture that are going through similar things are keeping silent about it. And mm-hmm. silence never helps. But when I released the story, when I shared it, when I let it out, I wasn't certainly not doing it for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing it to get it out, to share okay. a story about resilience that through the entire journey, as I, you know, the interesting thing enough is that when I started to know who I was more mm-hmm. and that I was born to be a gift to the world and not a victim, my victim mindset um, or thoughts around the situation started to disperse. And that's where it was, I was able to now see other people pregnant or having children and be just genuinely happy for them. Right. And realizing that it was not a, um, that they're having children or they're getting pregnant was not a reflection of my dysfunction. 
Yes, right. Which it used to be, right? And um, so anyone that's going through this now, I would say, you know, one, find your voice. It's important, mm-hmm. especially find your voice with your partner. Yeah. And if you are going through it or have gone through it, like me, I have to say that to myself is to find my voice. I have to eat my own words. I have to better find my voice and my partner. I mean, we've had some conversations better about it, but even like I just shared now, somebody that's very close to us where there's, you know, sort of a new, a new baby in the family. It's, you know, even just being okay to have that conversation. How does it, how do you feel? You know, Mm -hmm. we're older now and, and we're not certainly not dead. And, Mm. you know, so there's probably still the opportunity because it doesn't have to be that I'm pregnant. I don't yes. have to have a child through pregnancy. Um, and that's the last bit I'm going to share is the last bit of wisdom that I got probably a little bit late. Um, well, I say that, sorry. So before, I, before I'm the human that I am now and the way that I think now and the mindset that I have now, when I, when I heard it in my old mindset, I felt it was late. Uh you know? And it was my sister-in-law that said to me, are you trying to get pregnant or are you trying to have children? Mm, Interesting. Two fundamentally different journeys, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, but by that time, there'd been just too much silence, too much pain, too much anguish, you know, too much alone, you know, just aloneness. I just didn't, didn't have the capacity to even really entertain that. But now as I reflect on that, those have been, have been probably the, some of the most meaningful words that I've heard. Mm-hmm. As a result, it changes the possibility, right? Because mm-hmm. that even still exists today at our mm-hmm. age. If we wanted to have children, mm-hmm. there's many children out there that we can provide a home for. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I'd like to say that where I am on today is continue, a continued renewed in, in um, spirit about the topic. Um, and also I am like to say that I'm somebody that would hold space for someone else that's going through it and hear always with open ears to listen, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you mentioned that you have experience and I know because you have children mm-hmm. it's probably different than mine and I'd love to hear about it oh thank you first thank you very much for being so vulnerable because I can appreciate that along the journey sometimes people may have said things to try to make you feel better but maybe they could have been taken in a way where it kind of adds fuel mm-hmm. and uh you know thank you for rising above that because it is something that um we don't always talk about and uh, it's hard to ask for support and it was hard for me. So I, I did get pregnant with my first son and everything was great. Uh, he though was uh, nonverbal for the first six and a half years of his life. And so many people said to us, it is important that he has a sibling so he can emulate when they go to the grocery store, when they see, you know, the sibling speaking. And frankly, I always wanted two to three kids anyway. So yes, yes, yes. So, um, but the second one was not as easy as the first. So we actually were successful in getting pregnant, but I had three miscarriages. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for anyone that can relate to that, it's, uh, it was traumatizing. It was so difficult for us. And, and, you know, one of them was, uh, 
even in the second trimester. So we were far along. It was, it was hard. Um, <clears throat> so here I am in my 40s uh, with a disability, wanting a second child uh, to help my first and, and also to, you know, just have a larger family. And we couldn't. So we did go to a fertility clinic to get some help. And I'm happy to say that uh, we were blessed with a second child uh, when I was 42. And, you know, I, I'm blessed uh, because we were able to, to have the family that we've always dreamed of. I will tell you, though, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of pain in going through the, the, the motions and trying to get there, as well as... Um, being quiet about it, uh, even my miscarriages, you know, you celebrate, it's like three months. Okay. It's like, you know, tell people that I'm pregnant. And then, you know, a month after to say, actually, I lost the baby. Mm. That was uh, so, so traumatic. And, you know, like you said, if that were to have happened to me now, I would have been in a different place because uh, mentally I'm much uh, stronger now than I, I was back then. Um, but I remember when I look back at, you know, what helped me were some of the people of, of what they said. And so if anyone's listening, uh, to this podcast and someone comes to you with a story of infertility, you know, I would say that, um, listening is, is very important, you know, telling them that you love them, reminding them that you care, um, letting them know that, uh, you know, you can't imagine what it must be like, but you know, you're there for them if they can help you. And someone even remembered me on mother's day. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's those things that make a difference and not be upset by some of the other things that people might say that, um, could be offensive. You know, I remember someone said to me once, Oh, just, you know, relax a little bit more and, you know, maybe just exercise or get more sleep. You know, the baby will come, the baby will come. And it's like, you know, I, I used to take kind of offense to that, but no more. And, and so, you know, for anyone listening, I, you know, I, I give the same advice, just, um, you, you know, let it out, uh, but don't take offense to someone's advice when they just generally just don't know what to say because mm -hmm. maybe they can't relate to it. <clears throat> um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Ketchi? Oh, I well, Thank you. And congratulations on your tune. I think, uh, I, I mean, I do, I do know what it feels like to have miscarriage. I've had two, one, one, obviously I was miscarrying by the time I found out the second one, mm. it was that level of hope. So I know mm -hmm. what that, I know what mm -hmm. dashed hope mm -hmm. feels like. Um, but I think, I think the bottom line is, you know, there are, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, that's the, that's the key thing. And I didn't know how much I wasn't alone until I dared to share. And what came back to me after sharing on such a public stage was, was unbelievable how many women were, you know, going or, or felt like I just told their story, you know? And mm -hmm. so if, if that is a reminder that we're all living a lived experience um, that can help somebody else, mm -hmm. um, that should hopefully give purpose and voice to whatever it is that you're going through. Um, especially once you can lock into the fact that I'm not alone and, and I'm going to connect with somebody else and I'm going to go through this in a way that I could teach the lesson. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that. It's mm -hmm. rarely discussed, generally misunderstood. 
but uh, you're not alone because so many women, men, couples have gone through this. So thank you well, for sharing. I, and what I'll do is I just so, because in the interest of time, I didn't really, you know, go too deep into this, but I'll share the speech, which mm. gives you a little bit more of a view um, as to um, what that looked like. And I'll share the link in the show notes. Mm, that would be great. Yes. Please uh, take a look at catchy speech. I was in the audience that day and uh, I had goosebumps. Definitely. So it's a speech <laughs> that you'll want to see. And I thank you for being brave to bring this topic forward, you know, you. and um, allowing me space to share and uh, I receive yours as well. So thank you. Thank and to you. everyone, everyone's listening. We thank you for mm. your ears. We thank you for putting your ears together to listening to this and giving us space to share. We yes. love you. And this is where we say, we're out. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. I hope you're thriving and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you are listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Billy says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome hanging with you. I'm your girl, and I'm out.